Hey, welcome to the first episode of Tunnel Talk. <laughs> Tonight we're going to talk about voodoo, child abuse, and a bond that exceeds friendship and love between <laughs> Catherine and Vincent. So I was going to bring that up. I actually wish I had watched. I wish I had had the opportunity this last week to watch more episodes and catch up with you, but I haven't had the chance. I'm going to watch some as soon as I get home tonight. We just watched episode 10. Okay. It's basically an episode every, we'll say one and a half episodes every three nights. Sure. I'm going to try and watch two tonight to it's catch tough. up. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it is tough. Two, two episodes every three nights because you really don't want to watch more than one. No, you can't binge it. But the voodoo episode is pretty wild. I haven't. I don't. That think was I've the best episode. I don't think, dude. The eighty, the late eighties, liked making making voodoo a thing. Of course they did. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. I yeah. mean, Predator Two. Yeah, that's true. I haven't watched Predator Two. Right. In grip. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's, that's the only true. one I can think about right now. When when <laughs> when did Body Count's record come out? That was like that was early nineties. Early nineties, like ninety one or something like that. Still, Very that early. era. There's yeah. something about voodoo. I mean, voodoo was in the. In the mix with uh, with uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, yeah, there was the the voodoo doll in that that the little the little prince had, yeah, yeah, um, the serpent in the rainbow, eighty eight, okay. sure, right, yeah, voodoo was in the in the public consciousness certainly, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was maybe tied in with uh, the Satanic Panic, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think there is it's a, a, it's it's a way to it's a way to get at two things here, yeah, for like. You know, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant that is driving the satanic panic? Yeah. You can get it Satan. Sure. And link it up to those pesky black folks. <laughs> that's exactly right. I think that's exactly right. It's interesting because the satanic panic was like a resurgence in the interest in the public interest in the occult. Yeah. Uh, that kind of was like a funhouse mirror reflection of the public interest in the occult that ha happened in the Victorian era, like a century prior yeah. to that. It Where in that, in that moment, everyone was down with it and everyone was like into the occult. It, it never goes away. And it's, it, that's, that's what the fucking, that's what this whole shit is about today. Sure. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Should With we actually fucking... introduce the show? Yeah. Okay. Hey, hi. We're hey, this is Demo Listen. We're not a, a Beauty and the Beast 1987 podcast, although Some, most most of the time. Although you might you might have begun to think that we are. And in a way, we are. We're we the are. only. We are I, we, I think we sure. are the only the only yeah. um the only podcast hitting this demographic with That's Beauty and the Beast content. Absolutely correct. Yeah, there is there is no chance that there's any overlap. There are very few instances in my life where I can say, I'm the only guy doing this thing on the planet mm -hmm. at this moment. We are the only people that ostensibly have a, a podcast about hardcore and punk that are also speaking at length about the 1987 Beauty and the Beast series. Right. So we're, we're the only ones, for whatever that's worth. But what we actually do here is listen to punk, hardcore metal, and other adjacent forms of music that people send in to us. It's typically our first time hearing the releases in question. We react honestly to whatever it is that we're hearing. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't, but we encourage you to support the stuff that you do enjoy by buying records and going and seeing bands. Our opinions are not, uh, you don't even need to take them into account. It's just a, it's just a necessary side effect of the format of the show. Hey. Uh, they got opinions too. Yeah, sure. Right. Exactly. We all do. We all do. It's no big deal. Don't Ours are usually right. Yeah, then but again, that's merely a happy accident, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's by no merit of our own. Uh, we just happen to be right a lot. Um, so we're not trying to be tastemakers or professional critics here. Please keep that in mind. 
Uh, format of the show is very simple. We have 10 bands of the queue every week. We listen to usually between five and seven of them. We roll some dice and randomly select them. Everything is listener submitted. If you want to submit music, it's 260-222-8341. If you want to, uh, well, just make sure the release is a year or less old from the time of submission. Uh, if you want to call in, it's 260. Oh, wait, I just said that. No, hold on. I got fucked up. Yeah, dude. I know. You're thinking about the beast and beauty. I know. I'm just, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm sucked into fucking into Vincent and Catherine's ongoing romance, and I can't even think straight about Yo, punk and hardcore The music. episode I just watched, yeah, pretty fucking hard on the kids. Yeah? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, cool. I can't wait to get there. Um, no, so let me rewind that. If you want to send in music, it's demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure the release is a year or less old from the time of submission. If you want to call in, it's 260-222-8341. If you want to become a Patreon subscriber, it's patreon.com slash demolistenpodcast. There you go. That's everything I got. You have anything up top this week? I mean, no. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, as a fucking, you know, a week of nothing happening. I wanted to open the floor to you just in case. You know what I mean? I always like every once in a while. I like to just open the floor to you and see, so that way I don't monopolize the intro time. No, I mean, no, man. I'm not a deep thinker. Yeah, yeah I, I had, I had uh, some, I had some private thoughts this week okay. um, well, well, that are hardcore related. Okay. See, here's the thing. Like, uh. Um. Yeah, you you you're just you uh you're more connected to everything because of social media. That's that's true. You that's know what's true. up, right? I, I don't. I don't. So this is kind of pertinent to something that just happened. So there's another much bigger uh, hardcore podcast called Hard Lore, um, and uh, dude dude from Twitching Tongues and various other bands, Dead Body, and dude from Harm's Way do it. It's a good show. I listen to it. It's fun. Um, and uh, they recently had uh, Jeff Gunnels, vocalist of the famous, the infamous Cold of, Cold is Life on the show because Cold is Life is doing like a big comeback show up in Detroit that's essentially a fest. Um, they just reissued Born to Land Hard. They just, uh, they're, I think uh, 8389 is uh, reissuing Declination of Independence um, and they got a remastered version up on Spotify. So finally that record, which is very good, but it sounds very bad, sounds the way uh, uh, that they always intended for everybody to hear it. Um, and I found that that interview really interesting and kind of germane to some things that we've talked talked about on the show previously and some blowback that we've gotten about stuff that we said on the show. So Jeff Gunnels just got done doing a, I think, seven or eight year bid uh, for armed robbery in federal prison. And as anybody familiar with the coldest life tale knows, these are dudes that grew up on the mean streets of Detroit in the late, you know, mid to late eighties through the nineties. And they are an infamous band with a lot of lore around them. Mm -hmm. The thing that was very refreshing about this interview is that a man in his position with a band like that, that is experiencing a massive subcultural resurgence and is a core part of kind of the hardcore zeitgeist now particularly could easily lean into that mythologizing of his past and the hard guy thing but when it came up he seemed to be a dude who is genuinely remorseful about the life that he's lived who doesn't tend to glorify things that went on and specifically when they were like what do you think of the hardcore scene now he's like well 
Back in the day, we were all fighting each other and stabbing each other and shit. And it seems now that generally people are much more supportive of one another. And that's really cool, which I thought was a nice perspective because it would be easy for an old head with a goatee and head tattoos who played in Cold as Life to be like, yeah, they're all fucking pussies now. But he was like, it's really cool that people are supporting each other out here. It's nice. Also, the bands are better than ever. So that was refreshing. The dual, uh, the, the other aspect of the interview that I found refreshing that ties back into some stuff that we've talked about on the show before is that, you know, he's talking about like the dude who used to sing for Cold as Life. Uh, who got murdered back in the 90s. He got shot twice in his head while he was sleeping. Uh, Not a popular guy with certain people. Apparently. And he talked about how, like, when he died, there was a sadness. It was a tragic event on some level. But the other part of it was that he felt a great degree of relief because the man was a psychopath who was, like, a, a burden on his loved ones, right? And something that he touches on in this interview a lot is just something that we've touched on on this show, which is like the annoyance, (laughs) the bothersome nature of being deep in crime and surrounded by hardened criminals and even being a hardened criminal yourself. He he doesn't have any rose-colored glasses with this shit, and he talks very frankly about it. He was like, yeah, man, when that guy died, you know, it sucked, but also, like, it was cool that he wasn't trying to, like, fight cops anymore every time we went out, and it was kind of cool that, like, you know, we didn't have to deal with that anymore. And something that we've gotten a little bit of blowback from on this show, uh, from a certain demographic demographic of person, is speaking about that very thing, is speaking about the annoyance of being in close proximity to crime and stuff like that. And I think that the the reason that somebody might have that knee-jerk reaction when you hear, like, two dudes, particularly white dudes, on a podcast talking about that is because your assumption is that we're speaking from a position where, like, we've never encountered that or been close to that, and so it's easy for us to speak uh, from an ivory tower position. But that's not, cr- that's not true. <laughs> we grew up as, like, working-class people for whom criminality runs through the course of our family structures, our peer groups, etc. And yeah. both of us experienced kind of key things in our lives early enough to put us on different and better courses uh, than ones that would land us in federal prison. My brother just got done doing a bid in federal, right? So this stuff is still very close to me. And I, it's easy to misconstrue what we say on the show about that kind of stuff. But I speak from experience with it from being very close to it from dipping my toe in it and i'm certainly not a jeff gunnels or a fucking hardened street criminal nor have i ever been by any stretch of the imagination but i just wanted to say it was refreshing to hear a dude just get done doing an eight-year bid being like hey it's cool that hardcore people support each other now and don't stab each other as much and also it's annoying to be a criminal don't do it yes that was yes, nice you know it is. of course it is so if you don't if you don't want to take it from us right if you don't think we're qualified enough to speak on it right if you think we're bad faith actors in this particular uh, area <laughs> yes I'm a bad faith actor. <laughs> if you think right, you know what I'm saying yeah that's right if that's, that's right. how you feel that's right don't take it from us. Take it from Jeff Gunnels, singer right. of the legendary, infamous, hard as nails, Detroit hardcore band, Cold as Life. Even he willingly, publicly admits, yeah, dude, being a criminal and tied up with crime, it's annoying. Yeah. It's bothersome. It derails your life. It sucks. Don't do it. Right? It's, it's a no fucking brainer. It's a right? no brainer. No, look, I did. 
I did just cash my check from the American from the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, right. right. Keep that in mind. So right. you know, I definitely keep that in mind. Full disclosure. Right. right? Yeah. 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 But it's a no fucking brainer. Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it's easy to glorify it when you're young. And by and large, I think the blowback that we've gotten is also not from people who are genuine dyed in the wool dudes who come from a, a situation that has necessitated crime, but people that love play acting like gang members he, on weekends. And, and people that maybe like to be offended for other people. Sure, of course. There's a lot of that too, right? But, you know, like I said, we're not speaking in bad faith here, but if you don't trust us, trust Jeff Gunnels. And it was just refreshing to hear a dude because especially, like I said, right now, there is a renewed interest in the sort of like the criminality of hardcore and all of that kind of stuff. And sure, those <laughs> anecdotes are, are amusing. Here's, whatever, here's but the like, thing, like the criminality of hardcore. Sure, yeah. Right? Right. It's, it's incidental. It is incidental. Exactly. Right. It's exactly. not an inherent thing. Exactly. Right? Right. And it's always attracted people from the fringes, so it's always been a component right. of the culture, but it is indeed incidental. It's incidental. Sure. Right? Exactly. It's not as if it's this inherent fucking part of it. Right. Um, yes, and being around people like that is fucking annoying. It's annoying, man. It just sucks. I'm, and I'm not speaking, again, I'm not speaking as somebody who's, okay, it's, this isn't conjecture. You know, this is, uh, this is speaking as a dude who has, who have friends and acquaintances who have their gang affiliations tattooed on their faces and will never work a, a normal job ever again because yeah. they got felonies because a dude with a different letters on his jacket looked at him in public and then he shot at him. And you know what I mean? It's just like. And, and, and the thing is. Truth be told, yeah. being around most anybody is fucking annoying for different reasons. No doubt, no right? doubt, for sure. Right, exactly. Right. I'm not. I'm not picking on criminals here. It's right. annoying being around uh, people at the co-op. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's annoying sure. being around the fucking yokels at the burger stand I went to last night. No doubt. Right. Yeah. It's a different kind of annoying. But when you have to deal with it's just it's such a fucking pain in the ass, man. It's pain in the ass. Friends and family from back in the day. It's such a fucking stressful goddamn pain in the ass. Yeah, man. It sucks. Right, it's no good to no fucking brand. You know, my brother's probably he's a he's a uh, he's a serial recidivist who will almost certainly be in and out of he's prison for, for the rest he's of his life, for, and he's going to ruin everybody's it, life. Yes, yeah, so everybody's say, life. Who's he? Who he touches? It's fucking it. It fucks my dad up every day. Yep. It sucks. He's going to ruin everybody's life. Everybody that he touches in his life. It, is it rips apart the fabric of our family, and it's not a situation where it's like. He's a cool dude. Otherwise, he sucks. If he has kids, those kids are fucked. They're kids. They're fucked. Beyond, <laughs> beyond fucked. They're fucked. Right? It sucks. It has touched my life in many ways, and I, you know, I, I almost, I almost tread that dark path in a much more serious way than I ended up actually doing it. So I don't know. It just was germane, like I said, to, to discussions we've had on this podcast, and uh, I felt like there maybe there's someone out there that needed to hear it. If not from us, then from Jeff Gunnels. It's wild to me. That the, that like the statement, yeah, that it's irritating to be around criminals, bad people, or yeah. people that want to play like criminals. Sure, is irritating. Yeah, like it's like that's it's, it's wild to me that that's yeah. controversial. Yeah, it's insane, right? It's just like, <laughs> and again, it's I think it's only held by people who have never had who is who have never been forced in a position to be around it constantly. You know, the guy that I considered a mentor when I was, like, 14, he murdered somebody. You know how deeply annoying that was? That sucked. Yes. Annoying is an understatement. Right. Murdered a man in cold blood. Right. It sucked. Right. You know, it was very disruptive. Yes. You know what I mean? It was a bummer right. all around. Yes. Right? Stressful. It's stressful. It sucks. It's like secondhand smoke. The guy, you know, my, my stepdad's friend that was around all the time, Floyd, when we were growing up, 
he was around. Then one day he wasn't around for three months. And when he came back, he was deaf because he got into a fight about drugs and got beat so bad he went into a coma for a month and then came out deaf. Right. It sucks. Right. It's annoying. If you had to be around it as a child, as a young person, you will understand. It sucks fucking ass and it isn't cool. That's right. So there you go. <laughs> if you're over the age of 20, I hope you share that perspective. Um, all right, let's get into the uh, let's get into the queue this week then. So, first up, we have a demo that came up just in passing on last week's episode, Dimension. Uh, so this is uh, Shane from Anthropophagus, Highball, and many other good bands, and uh, Will Killingsworth, who also often comes up on the show. It's their new band. It's very fucking good. I've already listened to it. Uh, that was sent in by Ryan, uh, who always sends great stuff our way. Then we have Maldosa with Bloods the Star. This is a band from Austin, Texas, sent in by Alex. Uh, then we have got Piss Baby with Rest in Piss. This was sent in by uh, the dude who runs Razored Raw out of Wellington, New Zealand. And this is a new, uh, a brand new New Zealand-based hardcore band that he sent our way. Then we have got Top Dollar with their demo. This is a band from New York City. It was sent in by Jack. Looks like some dyed-in-the-wool demo core, if ever I've seen it, right? Yep. Um, then we have got The Path with Prison Planet. This was a self-submission by John, who plays in The Path, said it's a new concept, records of their, a new concept record of theirs that just dropped on State of Mind Recordings. Then we have got Drawn Out with Pinned Down. This is a band from Tampa, Florida. It was also sent in by the band who said, uh, told us to do our worst. Then we have got the new one from Crow. Uh, if you give a fuck about, you know, uh, Japanese, hardcore punk, DB, crusty stuff, you're probably familiar with Crow. Uh, you might only be familiar with their, like, 90s output when they were putting stuff out on Prank. Uh, this is a brand new one, and I think they've released even a couple more since this. Been around forever. They've, I saw them in, like, 2001? Crow fucking rocks. Uh, this was sent in by a different Ryan than Ryan Donahoe. Then we have Barricade with Apocalypse Joyride. This is a band from Denton, Texas, who I think we had in the queue but didn't land on. Um, this was sent in by yet another Ryan. Then we have got Molly Gunner with Let It Ride. So this was either sent in by um, somebody who doesn't know what's up because he referred to us by the wrong name and said they listen to our show every Friday. Okay, I'm into it. But I could, I actually assume it's probably Mike sending it in under a fake email address, okay, if, I, if I yeah, had to yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. according to the signature, it was sent in by Casey, and this is his buddy's band. Um, then lastly, we have Kinetic Orbital Strike with The True Disaster. This is good, I heard this. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying that this is great, but I haven't listened to it yet. It came out uh, like last middle of last month. This was sent in by Sutton. What's up first tonight? Five. Okay, five is The Path with Prison Planet. We've had The Path on the show like two times. Mm -hmm. Pretty Once pretty early on in the show. Um, I think we had their split with Controlled Substance on the show maybe early this year, like right after it came out. And I think we noted that there were some improvements, but it was still kind of sloppy, rough around the edges, uh, maybe not firing on all cylinders, but was better than it had been previously. Um, so... Let's see how they do with an LP. Uh, it's 12 tracks, so they're not fucking around. There is not a particular song recommended to us, and uh, they've just got the first song queued up to play. It looks like it's an intro and a song, but I don't know. Maybe we'd like to hear the intro because it sets the tone for what they're doing. Like I said, this is a concept record. I think the concept is about uh, like a, a galactic... Uh, a galactic humanity uh who has migrated 
away from the Earth, turning the Earth into a giant prison planet. Hence the name. Okay. So maybe we'll just listen to the first song because it will give us some sort of uh, additional context for this idea. So we're going to listen to an introduction to Prison Planet slash The Rapture by The Path off of Prison Planet. Despite taking thousands of years for human beings to gain the ability to explore our universe, it snuck up on us very quickly. Before we knew the destination, we gave them everything. We stood cheering with our neighbors, trying desperately to inspire our explorers who had freed our species from the shackles of this dying planet. And everything went towards the effort. Our resources, our productivity, and the dreams of a sustainable future. But technologically advanced rats on a sinking ship, building lifeboats to a better place than we were the planet continued to die while we continued to work. Temperatures continued to rise, causing lush forests to become barren deserts. So we worked harder as we waited for our chance to leave. Days became months, and months became years. We worked harder without respite. We were conditioned to submit. We were conditioned to keep waiting. Our world has been reduced to a desert. Our leaders have grown into oppressive profiteers. The future is unclear. This is Prison Planet. heard an introduction to prison planet slash the rapture by the path off of prison planet i'll uh so i'll just get my criticism out of the way first so that i can move on to saying nice things um the idea of introducing a concept record with like a spoken word intro particularly if you're doing kind of a I don't want to say hefty, but hefty for the genre, right? A, a hefty sci-fi fantasy sort of perspective on things. Um, the idea of doing a spoken word intro is all well and good, but you have to be able to hear it, uh, which as soon as the music came in, the mix did not allow that to occur. I could pick up bits and pieces here, but uh, I have to imagine, and I, or at least I would hope, that there is a transcript of this on the actual physical record slash cassette. There isn't one on Bandcamp, so that leads me to believe that it, there's at least a possibility that this uh, was not transcribed into the liner notes. I hope that's not the case because once the music comes in, especially for somebody with hearing damage such as myself, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this bitch is saying anymore. It's from all those gunshots 
from when you're younger. It's, that's right. <laughs> Growing up in the mean streets, that's dude. Right. That's exactly right. You wear your ear pro. <laughs> that's right. That's that's one of the big pitfalls. Of it's pitfalls one of the biggest annoyances is the constant rain it's in my ears. Right. The never-ending fucking bullets. Yes, it's just a rain of. That's how it was growing up for me. I know. Man. It's just a rain of bullets over my head at all times. Um, so my dad, my my dad had me swap out the barrel. Right, sure. On the machine gun as we fought back the ghetto. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like it. some seventies exploitation. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. That's exactly how it was for me. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a downside there. I will say though that musically, uh, this was I think another step forward. Like this felt more competent than the last stuff that we heard. I didn't hear any major flubs. Everything felt pretty tight. Um, it was a tried and true form of hardcore that is kind of a morass of various different styles. You know, like a, a melting plot, a pot of uh, various micro forms that have existed over the last 30 or 40 years i, I think i i think that might be its biggest weak point i would agree for sure right. and i think we've said that previously i, I think band. that might be like yes. you know the the folks in this band this band obviously are not looking to fucking they're not looking to create a genre piece sure yeah. right they're not looking to to you know sound like what's hip with the kids today sure right yes they want to do what they like kudos for that but I think that that, in general, is kind of the biggest sticking point is that this is kind of a just a jumble yes. of stuff. Yeah. Right? That's, you know, that's my, my kind of take on it. But, yeah, I thought that this sounded, this sounded, uh, I, I'm curious to see what the rest of, where the rest of this goes. Sure, yeah. Right? Because I want to know, if obviously, if it's a concept record, you know, these tracks tell a story. Sure. So, sonically, they should all sort of move together, you know what I mean? Agree. Instead of feeling disjunct between songs right sonic sonic continuity is important on a concept record in the same way that thematic continuity is and uh even though i don't know necessarily just based on my you know minimal exposure here on one you know two and a half minute long piece i don't know necessarily if if i'm gonna find like the content of this or the execution of it necessarily particularly affecting but I will say that the idea of doing a, a sci-fi style concept record within hardcore, I got to give you a nod for that solely based on the fact that you're trying something different that is not frequently attempted within the genre, right? So that's I mean, cool. Yeah, concept record in general. Sure. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, guess it's, I guess it's only sci-fi in the fact that we've colonized the stars. Sure, yeah. Other than that. Other than that, it's it's basically the real thing. It's basically you know what I mean. It's it's true true accounting. Yes, for sure. (laughs) That is true. That's probably important to know. Elysium basically hits it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I mean, god damn it, that's what they want to do to us. Fucking watch it. That's what they're gonna try to do. They are actively at some point you're gonna realize it's them or us and there are way more of us than them. Yeah. Yeah. Better do it before they get too fucking dug into their bunkers. Once they build the walled cities, it's done. Once, once they go Eon Flux style, it's done. Once once they get uh, once they get AI on their side, oh, for sure, dude. we're fucked. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Got to move now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Got to move now. You yeah. see him in the street. Agree. <laughs> Agree. <Right? laughs> Agree. So yeah, like I said, I think another sonic step forward, though. Uh, maybe not necessarily for me, but I'm interested, and I, as always, tip my hat, hat to them. They've been doing it for a while. They continue to make attempts that I think, in my opinion, anyway, get a little bit better with each uh, with each attempt. So. Yeah, and I I, 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 I laud the, uh, the 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 sort of like um, 
the lofty goal with this. Yeah, the scope and the ambition is admirable. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, a couple, one other thing about this. Yeah. Um, the releases. Yeah. So there is a limited to 100 edition, never to be repressed on uh -huh. black, right? Okay. Says, are you sick of these dumb looking records with 10 colors vomited in a swirl? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And cut into ridiculous shapes. Yeah. I love this. Because then the other one is a cog-shaped LP. <laughs> okay. It's limited to 200. Now, I'm going to tell you, I do appreciate just keeping it simple. Sure. Back to black, just black wax. Right. But if you can pull the cog-shaped LP off, yeah. and it's not, like, just black inside clear vinyl. Sure. That's pretty fucking cool. I would agree entirely. Uh, and I... I, I Shout them out for having the self-awareness to make a joke I at their know. own experience, expense with that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully it is, because what they have on here is just a mock-up. Right, yeah, 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 exactly. You know what I mean? I would like to see what an actual cog-shaped LP, I if they pull that off. I would also like to see Because then at that point, if it looks like that, uh -huh. it's basically just a fucking 8-inch. Right, yeah, exactly. With yes, exactly, or a seven inch, right? <laughs> with the which actually makes side. sense looking at the looking at the total runtime. The runtime, run yeah, you could sure. do that on the seven. You could inch. fit this on a seven inch, no doubt. Yeah. You'd be pushing it, but you could do it. Yeah. All right. What's next? Nine. Okay, nine is kinetic orbital strike with the true disaster. Uh, this is a band out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I liked the last thing they released that came out in December of last year. I just haven't gotten around to listening to this yet. We even may have had the first Kinetic Orbital Strike release on the show. I can't uh, remember because that's just not the thing that my brain makes room for, is remembering what bands we've had on the show. Sometimes I have a faint recollection, or if they really stuck out, then I'll know. But other than that, no idea. So they have the third song queued up to play. We will defer to them. As always, we're going to listen to Escape by Kinetic Orbital Strike off of The True Disaster. can't go wrong with that no do you do you do you like punk rock sure right yeah do you like black right the color black 
Yes. Right? Do you like skulls? Yeah. You know what I mean? High contrast photography. High contrast photography. Do you like war? Do you like visions of war? Sure. Right? Yeah. Do you like animal experimentation? Right. Right? Sure. Then you like this. Yes, yeah, sure, sure. Well, if you like yelling about how bad animal exper- experimentation is, right? If sure. it didn't happen, what would you have to fucking yell about? <laughs> sure, exactly. Right? An endless mind for DB lyrics. That's right. Um, yeah, this is great, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is fucking perfect. I love the fucking... It sounds fucking good. It's got... Sounds I mean, that, that, that tone, that ear-splitting tone, yes, right? Yes, the buzzsaw guitar is uh, perfect. It, it says... Uh, uh, mining the same discharge influences anti-Symex disasters as Close, Frampton, and beyond, but like those bands placing their own stamp on the tradition of sounding exactly like one another. <laughs> yeah, 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 for like, sure. Because there are a million bands right. that sound just fucking like this, yes. and it's all fucking good. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things, just like very traditional, traditionally played uh, hardcore. This is one of those things where... Innovation quickly moves you into a space that I don't give a shit about. But when you just do this as well as this, I'll listen to it every time. I'll buy the seven inch of the tape every time. I'll book them every time. I'll watch them every time. Truth be told, too, yeah. it's this. It's stuff like this. This is the main reason why my hearing is kind of bad. That is one hundred percent. It's it's not. It's not my dad and I going Cleopatra Schwartz no. on the fucking mean streets of my hometown. <laughs> no, right? My no, Grammy not. was feeding me cupcakes while I listened to this shit, while yeah. I listened to Disrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for right? sure. Yes, it is 100% because I just went to shows for years without using right. any sort of ear protection. Right. And now... If there's any sort of uh, ambient noise... I can't hear a fucking thing. Dude, if there's... That's the thing. As I'll think my hearing is fine <laughs> yeah. if I'm listening to one thing. Yes. But if there's a fan going, I'm like, what's anyone saying? Oh, my dude? God, dude. Like like an open... Like an open... Like... Um, we'll say like an open sort of like venue, like restaurant or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just kind of like background chatter, chatter of everybody's conversations. Yeah. If you're fucking two feet away from me talking to me, I can't fucking hear I, you. I have no idea. I have no idea. You just disappear into it's, that yeah, it's echo crazy, dude. off the inside of the fucking restaurant. That's when I notice it. Is yeah. any ambient noise, I'm just like, I don't know what anyone's fucking saying, dude. <laughs> yeah. If someone's trying to talk to me from the front seat of a car and I'm in the yeah. back, I'm just like, I don't know, dude. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm picking up keywords and phrases and trying to piece together the whole picture. Yeah. It's a nightmare. I can't believe I didn't wear earplugs sooner yeah i made a big mistake well whatever Whatever. i mean it's that's what youth is for to make mistakes get in trouble go to prison to make mistakes that you can never enter into the criminality of hardcore (laughs) yes for sure okay i don't think i have anything else to say about this this. it's really this is really good the riffs speak for themselves hey speaking of animal abuse check this out oh great I, I hope that you're not going to make me very upset right now. It might. Yeah, probably, dude. So I, I was looking for information on that baby that was born, that, that, that baby that was decapitated during a C-section. The doctor ripped its head off. Uh, sure, yeah. Did you hear about that? Uh, yeah. You hear about this, folks? This did, is real. Did you actually hear about that? No, I did not. Yes, really. there was a... They pulled, they pulled like... Yes, and then the, I heard about it on a different podcast. Okay. But I also saw... I, I, I saw headlines for it, but I was like, eh, whatever. You know, another sure, fucking sure, sure. dead baby. Um, <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it happens all the time. You can't count them all. But then I, you know, they, they talked about it a bit on a different podcast. And yeah. So and uh, and so I was uh, digging into it just beforehand, right? Like here's the here's the fucking. This was just uh, from the 10th of August. Georgia doctor decapitated baby using excessive force in the delivery. Yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. You don't want to do that, right? And so the baby's head, the baby's body came out from the C-section. Uh-huh. The head was wedged up in there, uh-huh. and then the head was born vaginally. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. Fuck. Can that's you imagine? 
That's an experience you don't bounce back no, from. No, 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 no. Giving I mean, birth to a decapitated oh head? Oh, my God. Holy fuck. You couldn't write that. No. Wow. Okay, well, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> what do you think, like, so <laughs> when I was a kid, if I was over at a friend's house and I broke something, yeah, I just kind of like, what? Of course, dude. You just put that behind <laughs> a door or under a couch. Of course. Sure. Do you think the doctor felt <laughs> that there was no head of the baby's like, Oh my god! It, like, oh. please let me get the head, <laughs> yes, and I just pull dude. it out so I'm holding it for sure, so it dude. And be like, like, oh no! It oh fell no! Off. Something's wrong with the baby. Nurse, take this baby. It needs help. Yes, I mean that would be my only instinct in that situation. <laughs> like, what are you gonna fucking do? For sure, dude. Or just, dude. Still, yeah. if it's a small enough thing, and I'm like. I know I could get away with it, and it's not gonna be. It's not gonna grieve anyone too much. I'll still be like, I found this thing; it was broken. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? I will it still like do that it. I found it was it. like that when like, I found it. It's hard to pull that one off in this scenario. <laughs> it so is. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she like, you know, because I think yeah, the doctor's like reaching down in there, and she's like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, sure. Like maybe she felt the. Yeah, right, right, right. And dude, that's why I fucking hate holding little I babies. I hate holding tiny babies. Because I feel like they, they could easily be ripped apart. Easily. Once and there's like, then then you have like the fucking like, the, the, the intrusive thoughts. Of course, yeah, dude. Just like, what if I just drop it right now? Dude? What if I just like held it by his arms right. and hanged <laughs> sure, as hard yes, as I could? Of course, yes, right, sure. <laughs> there's, there's, the, there's like a meme that's like, there, it's like a thought bubble of a dad who's holding a baby, baby and he like throws it and splatters it on the wall. And then the next panel is like, my dear son, I would never do this to you. I'm so sorry that I have had these thoughts, you know? And it's like, yeah, exactly. That's, right. So yeah. there it is. Proof's in the pudding. Right. Apparently you can rip a baby's head off yeah. real easy. I don't hold a baby until they can hold their own head up. Nurse, nurse. Oh, yes, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what? what, what why, why were you showing so me a picture was, of so a chimpanzee? Anyway, with the baby then, another doctor who does autopsies, like they got to figure out what the fuck went wrong. Its right. head got ripped off. Sure, right? yeah. He posted on Instagram, like, photos and video of the headless baby. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, so that's wild. So they got a bunch of trouble for that. Of course. Right. Okay. Now, why? Now, why is there monkey stuff? Why is there monkey business? And then involved? that's why we found the baby with the parasitic twin head. Sure. Right. right? Yeah, and that's because yeah, yeah. I was looking for that. Okay. Um, here, look uh -huh. at this monkey. Okay. This monkey looks. Um, well, it's a chimpanzee. It's so a chimpanzee. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's a primate. So apparently, the the the, the uh, title here is "See the horrifying moment baby chimpanzee is discovered surrounded by decapitated heads of her family." Like a human family. I think of a chimpanzee family. Okay, so this chimpanzee. So there she is, shell shocked, yeah. right? Uh huh. And then there's the decapitated heads of her chimpanzee family. Okay. And then there she is with the decapitated heads of her chimpanzee family. Was this by poachers? I'm sure. This is like 10 years ago, so okay. yeah, they don't do this anymore. Yeah, it's horrific for sure. Right, they it's ups it's that, upsetting, but it's upsetting in a way that I already knew right. about this kind of horrific thing that happened, which right. is why I am the way I am. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's a, that is a horrifying image. Well, it's a good thing we don't do stuff like that anymore. Yeah, it's a good thing for sure. It's a really good thing. <laughs> no one does anything like that anymore. No. Um, okay, so uh, what's the after that? After that yeah. really pleasant aside, what uh, what do we got next? All right. Six. Okay, six is uh, the new crow. So we're keeping it oh, kind yeah. of kind of uh, 
we're staying on task with this. So uh, we're supposed to listen to the second song on here. The first song is just an intro. Yeah. yeah f- uh, cleverly labeled on the uh, fellow punk YouTube channel, the Incro. Incro. Incro, not bad. So uh, we're going to listen to the second o- track on here, which is just a, a Japanese character. I don't know what it means. So we're going to listen to a song off of the new Crow record. <laughs> song off the new-ish Crow record, which uh, appear- apparently is titled Monaco. Yeah, this is another one where you're, you're getting exactly what you think you're about to get. And if you've been paying attention to music of this sort, Crow is not a new name for you. Uh, it's remarkable that Homeboy, because it's primarily one guy and then a revolving door of different mm-hmm. musicians that support him, um, 
Has been doing this since like what, 1987 or something like that? 80, 45. Oh, is it, is it that early? Yeah. Okay. Like, cool. I, like, you know, I'm no fucking like biographer here, right? Sure. Yeah. I know fuck all about this, but I know that Crow's been around since like 85. There, and even you look at Discogs, anybody can see this, but like, there's like gaps in discography and sure. so forth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where they go dormant for a while. But right. like, yeah, basically churning shit out for almost 40 years now. Yeah. So, a couple things. Number one, this is about as good as it gets. Yes. This is fucking top tier, right? For sure. This shows the difference between like, you know, this shows the difference of like, you know, yeah, I've been doing this for fucking 30 fucking years. Right, yeah. Right? Yes. Um, yeah, this is fucking sick. This is really good. Um, is D-Beat, is D-Beat sort of like the, uh, I guess, the, 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 the style of hardcore and punk where you get old dudes staying the most true and raging. I would say so because I was I was like, thinking about that. And I was certainly going to touch on it a little. I bit. mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, there's I, there's numerous bands that are now basically have like like basically grandpas in them. Sure. Yes. You know what I mean? Full like on. hardcore grandpas. Yes. That are still fucking raging like this. Right. And a lot of them, you know, when you look at like the the the, the lineups, like look at Night Feeder or something like that, you can see these lineages go way back. Sure. And it fucking rips. It just yeah. fucking rips. And there's something about there's something about this, right? I think that just keeps the old dudes fucking raging. Maybe it's the booze. I don't know. Well, I think actually, I think probably a lot of what it is is just getting into something after it had already been established as opposed to stumbling into it, right? Because we talk about it all the time. Anytime we talk about first wave American hardcore stuff is that a lot of those bands stumbled into it and participated in a scene that was going on around them that their peers and contemporaries were interested in, something mm -hmm. that interested them for a moment, and then they moved on to the next thing. Or bands that were uh, emulating things that were going on and were maybe interesting to, the, to them at the time, but didn't retain that sort of interest right. as they advanced. Like, you get that notoriously with a lot of 80s metal bands that put out seminal records and then went out on to put on uh, put out years of trash right, right. like a metallica or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean and it's some of that sometimes feels like very right place right time you knew the right people who were saying whispering the right uh, suggestions in your ears and then you're like oh yeah okay we'll do this and then as soon as that guidance was gone you started making bullshit right whereas i think if you get into something in 1985 or this as a forum had already existed for several years prior to that, you know what you want to do. This isn't a passing thing. This is an established form. Mm -hmm. You're good at it from jump. Mm -hmm. And as long as you remain interested in it, you understood the assignment from the word go on this. This wasn't a thing that you stumbled into and you happened to write some really good records. It's like, Oh, I'm trying to, specifically emulate this set of bands and I'm really good at it and I'm just going to continue advancing in that particular uh, hyper specific area of expertise over the next 30 to 40 years. Yeah, and it's 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 I think the one genre too that you know like I mean we all talk about like the you know innovation sure I, but like yeah this one in particular yeah you know a little bit here and there. I sure. think. I think. I think. In general, I don't know. I would say that generally Japanese bands are a lot more innovative than other 
Agree. Than other regions that are putting out D beat. Well, I think I think the incorporation <laughs> of of the heavy metal stuff. Yeah. In Japanese uh, D beat is it's just more effective because a lot of those first uh, you know discharge, but but they're not the only perpetrators. Like first wave or like not first wave, but the the new punk stuff, like the UK eighty two stuff. Those guys were all interested in heavy metal, and they made some pivots that were really. Uh, ill-advised and not effective. Right. Whereas, again, kind of from Jump, the Japanese scene incorporated heavy metal and hard rock influence into their D-beat and into their hardcore in a way that felt really natural and just works. So you have those, like, dueling leads and shit that are uh, that are a key part of so much, like, ripping Japanese well, but hardcore. But even, even, like, just, like, not even with the metal. I mean, I think that there's... I think that generally we expect... Or except there's a there's a bigger acceptance of just general like psychedelic influence. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just artistry. Right. Yes. You know what I mean? Agreed for sure. You know, in, in this, yeah. in, in the Japanese versions of this. Right. Right. Because like Crow Hasami, the, the the main dude behind this project, he has another right. project with a couple releases. Death comes along. Yeah. That's total like weird psychedelic shit. Sure. Right. And I've got one of the records, and it's fucking great. Well, I think another thing, and I've talked about it on this show a little bit more too as pertains to, or previously I've talked about this, um, as pertains specifically to to people in Japan who get into subculture, not just in 1985, but also now, is that it's a culture who relies upon uh, sort of like collective effort and homogeneity as a, a, a principal pillar of like their defining like cultural ethic, right? Like, so the idea of being a punk in Japan is was verboten in 1985, is still frowned upon in many ways in 2023, will genuinely, you will be genuinely ostracized in a way that we don't have that same sort of experience in Western culture. You will be shut out of jobs, out of relationships, out of public bathhouses, out of any number of things in a way that, again, we just don't experience, except for in the most rural reaches of this country still, right? So I think the idea of, like, jumping into this in Japan, I think you just have a, a, a higher concentration of real-deal lifers who really get it because they're actively sacrificing parts of their social life, parts of their professional life in a way that we don't have to contend with over mm. here. So if in 1985 you're doing this in Japan, you mean it. Mm. You're a real dude. You know what I'm saying? Like you are a real motherfucker who is in this. Mm -hmm. And if you're still in it after 30 or 40 years, like you just get it. You're like a real subculture person, you know? Yeah. I don't know. This is fucking great. This For is sure. about as, as good as it gets. For sure. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah. It's right. fucking great. For sure. All right. What's next? Six again. Okay. Uh, six is Barricade. This is, a, I know, a resubmission. So there you go. Your resubmission paid off. This is Apocalypse Joyride. Uh, the band is based out of Denton, Texas. Uh, the song that we were recommended is the third song on here. So we're going to listen to Just One Taste by Barricade off of Apocalypse Joyride. <laughs> Yeah. 
We just heard Just One Taste by Barricade off of Apocalypse Joyride, and this is unintentionally turned into a themed episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This was good, too, man. This was pretty good, but it, it, it... Fell in the unfortunate position of running right behind Crow. For sure. And we had we already had Kinetic Orbital Strike <laughs> on here, which is like very, very good top tier stuff. But I don't wanna I don't wanna like shortchange this. I thought that this was really good. And in fact, it was very clearly, in my opinion anyway, pulling a lot from Japanese stuff specifically, just with like the heavy metal tinged kind of like trem picking palm muted parts there's, in there. There's some there's some poison idea. There's some poison idea in there, there for you sure. You know what too. I mean? There's yeah. some early poison idea riffs in there. Yeah. Um it's rocking. This was definitely the most rock and roll of the three D B bands that we heard tonight. For sure. I heard but yeah, I heard some poison idea in there. I also heard some death side in there, you know what I mean? Um that main riff was very death side esque. I thought that this was a really solid first effort because I think this is the band's first release. It's just four songs. It's out on a twelve as a twelve inch EP. Um which I tried to follow the link to that just to check it out. It's on Dirt Cult Records, but that uh, that that Shopify account no longer exists. Mm. So I don't know if the the record label no longer exists. This came out in January. A lot of shit can happen in you know sure nine can. nine months, right? Sure can. Um, so who knows? I don't even know if you can buy this anymore. I will definitely listen to the rest of this. I thought it was really solid. Yes, it, it pales in comparison to something that has been going a project that's been going in some iteration for basically forty years and Kinetic Orbital Strike, which is like at the top of its at the the, the top echelon of contemporary bands playing D beat style punk music. But I still thought that this was actually quite good. Yeah. I don't really have much else to say about it. Like I said, great job, good job, you great did it. job, you did it. Three it's different takes on DB. Right. Hey, I just made fun of that. There's only one. There's only basically one one style. Sure. Three different DB bands. They all sound slightly different. Yeah, for sure. Just slightly. <laughs> Again, <laughs> only only to the highly pedantic, uh, like subculture music consumer. If you played all, any of those three <laughs> yeah. bands to a, just a normal person, they would be exact they, same thing. They would have no idea. The same were band. Even, yeah, exactly. They would have no idea that it was even different bands. I know. Um, okay, what's next? Six again. Oh wow. Okay, the dice is really favoring six. I think we're gonna break out here because we got Molly Gunner with Let It Ride. Um, like I said, I'm I'm not uh, <laughs> just based on the the syntax of the message that was sent our way, uh, the fact that it's a YouTube link, et cetera, et cetera. I have some suspicions about this, but we'll mm -hmm. just let the we'll let the music play, and uh, then maybe I can form uh, a more. Uh, or maybe I can form a more well-informed opinion. So we're going to listen to Let It Ride by Molly Gunner. Let it ride Setting up the ocean and waves Hot Gallagher in the passenger seat Tight black dress, badass black shades Rack top down, wind in our face Rocking 95 on the PCA Some would call it evolution But our progress side bastardized In the right room for evolution Come play with me, let it ride 
sunset strip Flashing lights and crystal ships Pass the people feeling fine Taste the rainbow reading wine Hit the Roxy, hit the Vipers Play the whiskey to live forever Is that it? Is that how it ended? That's it. Okay, so that was Let It Ride by Molly Gunner. I really think that was probably a, a Mike sabotage submission. Yeah. Which, if you did that, Mike, don't do Don't gum up the works. No, don't gum up the works. Don't gum up the fucking works. Those aren't fun. No, they're not fun. Like this, I, was just, this was just fucking, like, this was just if Ian Astbury and Glenn Danzig put out a barbecue sauce. Yes, yeah, so that is... <laughs> That's exactly right. This is just bad local level dancing worship. Right? Yeah, I don't have any. I don't have anything else to say about it. It could, frankly, be much worse than it was. It's also not good. You that, know that, I mean? That's the thing. Like this could, frankly, be much worse. If I were eating barbecue and I heard this, yeah, like oh, whatever. Sure, whatever, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. At least they're not doing a Stevie Ray Vaughan. Thing, yeah. It, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Right. At least it's not the fucking fabulous Thunderbirds. Right. If this were what they chose to play at rib fest it would be a blessed relief right because know? there's plenty of people in embroidered jeans yeah that love danzig no doubt and man. they love barbecue sure and they love molly gunner no doubt man i guarantee you at least somebody in this band has uh some embroidered jeans yeah so as much as you wanted to submit this is so we could do a hatchet job on molly gunner i'm just gonna say for a bunch of certainly 50 year old dads doing a weekend project that just desperately, desperately want to emulate Danzig. They're doing a, a pretty bang up job, honestly. Yeah. It's I wasn't like at no point during this was I repulsed. I was just like, yeah, it's not it's not really any good. 
Yeah. It ain't it ain't awful. Yeah, and it's not so you know, and the setup the setups suck. Yeah. For sure. I don't like those. Yeah, don't set don't set us up. I want I want the real thing. For sure. I want the real thing. We never the get the thing. real thing anymore. I, I want the real thing, sure. That's just uh that's an unfortunate side. And it could have not been Mike. Mike, if I'm unfairly putting this on you, it could have been somebody else too. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, with that that's an unfortunate side effect of the podcast getting bigger and people kind of understanding the format is they uh they try to stack the deck. They try to cook the books, yeah. as it were. You know, yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't want that. I want, no, I want if I hear thing. something awful, if I hear something stupid, I want it's, it to be fully in earnest. This is this is like, I don't know, man. Yeah. This is like buying a record off of fucking eBay sure. or off of Discogs versus yeah, seeing it in the wild. I want yeah. the real thing. Yeah, and like I said, man, if my uncle were like, hey, man, I'm in a new band, check it out, Molly Gunner, and he showed me this, I'd be like, hey, Uncle Tim, that's not bad. Okay, okay, man, you guys like dancing a lot. Not bad, brother. I hope yeah. you have a good time with it. Yeah, and that's what I'm gonna say to Molly Gunner. I hope they're having a good time. Sounds like they are. Yeah. Um, all right, let's roll the dice one more time and then tackle some messages because we got uh, we got like four four or five tonight and some texts. All right, two. All right, two is uh, Maldosa with uh, Bloods the Star. This is a band out of Austin, Texas. It was sent to us by Alex. Um, let me make sure that there is not a particular song recommended. There is not. Um, they have got the first song queued up to play, so we're going to hear Hate Your Kind by Maldosa off of Bloods the Star.
right, we just heard the song Hate Your Kind by Maldosa off of Blood to the Star. How'd you feel about it? Pretty solid. Yeah, not bad. I like the way it sounded. I like the stuffy blurriness of the recording. Sure. Um, yeah, I thought this was pretty solid. Yeah, pretty good. I have to assume it's probably younger-ish folks, mm-hmm. uh, just by the sound of it. Yeah. Um, also, I, you know, I saw power violence in the tags, and I was I was about to be quick to say, I don't know, maybe you guys uh, misunderstand what that means, but we heard just like the first couple seconds of the next song, and it sounded like they were going right into doing some blasts. And I so. kind of like what they're doing. You know, they let that first song go right into the second one. They For just sure. come out the fucking gates raging in the second track. Sounded fucking good. Yeah. I uh, bookmarked it. I'm going to check it out tomorrow. Agree. I'm going to listen to the rest of this. I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty damn solid. This is the kind of stuff that I like to hear on like a you know a demo tape or a debut EP. It's just like young people making making a horrible record. Making a horrible goddamn noise. Right. Yeah, for sure. I don't really have much else to say about it on that front. I thought it was pretty good. No. I like it. All right. Let's uh let's listen to some messages and call it tonight. All right. Hey guys, uh I just wanted to call and uh complain a bit and just really let you guys know that some of the jokes you guys have been making are pretty inappropriate. Um, I don't think that anybody should ever make jokes about, you know, like sex, racism, or even things like rape, you know? So instead, I think maybe you guys could go with maybe puns. So here's an example of something you can go with. Um, a piece of rope walks into a bar, and the bartender goes, hey, I can't serve you. Get out. He kicks him out, and the rope decides to wear a disguise, so he messes up his hair, he frizzes up his body a bit, and then ties himself into a knot and walks back in, and the bartender goes, hey, don't I know you? And he says, I'm afraid not. And then he got raped. All right, talk to you guys later. There you go. (laughs) There you go. You know, I kind of missed having guys that would just call in and, like, just practice some material for, for yeah, the tight five good. on the show. I wonder you know how Lois I mean? from Groin is doing. I do wonder how Lois from Groin is doing. I think I think he he's still posting the group every once in a while or lurks about here and there. So, but yeah, I, I kind of miss that. Um, pretty good, man. Take it to an open mic. <laughs> All right, what, what's next? Hey, so that guy called in talking about the emo hardcore mashups that is, I assume his bandmates are trying to do. And he's not. Um, I've been listening to a lot of emo for like my online fanzine thing that I'm doing. And I would say the two bands that I can think of who might fit the bill are Moss Icon, although they're a little bit more weird than Twinkly, I would say. And then a band called Indian Summer, who... I think they're like a pre-braid kind of thing. I don't really know. But those those two, maybe the first couple Hot Water music albums, maybe a couple songs. But other than that, yeah, it doesn't really, there's nothing really that blends hardcore with that shit. Anyway, bye. So uh, <clears throat> I'll go emo nerd on you for a minute. Uh, Indian Summer is definitely not pre-braid. There's, uh, they have nothing to do with one another. Indian Summer is a uh, pretty, pretty legendary and uh, highly influential in like the early '90s uh, emo and screamo world. Uh, they are seen as like a progenitor of screamo, although they don't sound like what screamo would go on to become in a few short years. They're very plaintive. Uh, they're slow. They're taking obvious cues from Slint. And uh, the weirder, more contemplative, slower, noisier components of post-hardcore and noise rock, 
really good band. I really like Indian Summer, very enigmatic band. Uh, and then as for Moss, Moss Icon, not Twinkly at all. Moss Icon is really chunky. Uh, Moss Icon is actually a band that I love, but probably wouldn't recommend to a lot of young people because they're just a bit of a challenging listen. They're they're messy. The recordings are stuffy. The music is kind of chunky and plodding. It's not particularly fast. It's not like slow core slow. It's kind of mid-paced in a way that feels outmoded, but that I like a lot. Uh, Moss Icon was definitely an important band for me, and I think they err more on the side of hardcore than they do on emo, honestly. They're just, uh, they're kind of thrown into that whole emo, emo core thing of the late 80s. Well, they're also they're also sort of early enough that when when you say the word emo, yeah. you know what I mean? Sure. That This isn't what people, they're thinking no. of 90s emo exactly. at best, right. or aughts right yeah for you sure. know what i mean they're not yeah. thinking of this no they're not thinking of this at all this like i i i assure you that whatever when if if the word twinkly is used in accompaniment with the word emo nobody playing that music is even thinking about moss icon or the hated or indian summer or any of that shit they are not thinking even about gravity records or a 31g they're thinking about something fully different so um, as uh, as it relates to this particular topic, I, your observations are worthwhile, but I, I don't necessarily think they're germane to the previous caller's inquiry. So, um, all right, what's next? Uh, hello, good afternoon, demo listeners. Uh, my name is Hugo. I got two questions for you boys today. Uh, number one, um, I, there's a band called Weekend Nachos. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of them. Maybe the worst band name on the planet, but I've maybe heard like two full songs, and I think. It could be the perfect band for me. I really love everything I hear, um, but I've never actually dove into their discography at all just because the name is so awful. Um, so I don't know. Maybe give me a good weekend notch album to start with um, if you're into them. But do you guys have any other bands like that? Terrible name, kind of embarrassed to listen to just because of the name. Like, I don't want that coming up on my shuffle with, like, a friend in the car or something. I don't know. Uh, question number two, whatever happened to uh, Applebee's caller? I think that was really the best bit in the whole voicemail section. I miss him very much. Please come back, Applebee's. Okay, thank you. Bye. Mwah. Okay, so, yo, you picked actually, like, a, a particularly good moment to get yeah. into Weekend Nachos because they just announced that they are back together. Mm -hmm. They're playing a Harm's, Rela uh, Harm's Way record release show in Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, they are playing MDF this year. Um, or next year, rather. Um, and I think that they're doing some touring. I, I put a bug in John's ear about trying to get Weekend Nachos here because they never played Fort Wayne when they were uh, still a band. So I'm going to try and make it happen. Uh, so, yeah, you actually may get a chance to see Weekend Nachos. I saw Weekend Nachos on their last run. I saw Weekend Nachos many times before that. The name is stupid, but it's one of those bands that they've been around so long. I got into them when they were when I was a kid. I mean, their first record came out, you know, the demo or the first EP, Torture or whatever, came out when I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah, 15 or 16 years old. So, like, yeah, the name is stupid, but it doesn't even register to me. You know what I mean? I guess it's, like, it's intentionally stupid and intentionally means nothing. Well, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I'm... I think I think dudes in Weekend Nachos were also very young when that came out. Mad young, for sure. Mad young. Um, and also, there's there's like there's there's a little bit of a juxtaposition, right? A, a yes. Through line, a juxtapositional through line through Weekend Nachos for me as the observer. Yeah. Um, number one, like, you know, fucking uh, John from Weekend Nachos. 
John Hoffman is the most unassuming looking dude. Yeah, Caution you would never know was like a John dude. Caution. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you would never know you, Caution was you, a front you, man you, of a hardcore. Would, band. You would never know that, and a band called Weekend Nachos, and that the band we, a band called Weekend Nachos sounds like they do. Right, exactly. Um, you can jump in pretty much anywhere on Weekend Nachos. I think the whole discography is great. Uh, the one that I spend the most time with, just because I was twenty one when it came out and I connected with it. Uh, I mean, I liked them previously, but Worthless is really, really fucking good. I think it. Uh, uh, it, it perfectly blends the sort of real deal early power violence material with like the heavier sensibilities that they incorporated into their sound. I think Worthless is like a perfect middle point for them. But Torture is great. Uh, Punish and Destroy from 2007 or 8 is I, fucking I, I pretty great. Pretty much, I, I have a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Usually when I think about it, it's just like the first couple records, the first up through Worthless, basically. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, Unforgivable that came out right before Worthless is great. Some really good, like, dirgy, heavier tracks on that. Super, a powerhouse band live. I'm lucky that I got to see him as many times as I did, and I saw him on some fucking wild, wild lineups. I mean, we saw him when they played uh, the fucking Left for Dead reunion down in Baltimore. saw him in Indy on their last run. Yeah, I fun. saw him in Chicago at the, at the Albion House at least once or twice great fucking band i'm a, i'm a weekend nachos mega fan i think that they're one of the best of their era and i'm happy to have them back so yeah just jump in wherever i would say i would say probably if you're a, if you're a person who has more modern sensibilities just jump in on worthless and then check out everything from there all right let's listen to our uh, last message uh hey guys uh this is calvin i guess long time first time um i guess i have thoughts on covers that i feel like i need to share with the whole world one is one is that uh I think it's time to do away with the, uh, uh, like, moratorium on contemporary or even roughly contemporary covers, uh, or at least, like, reduce the statute of limitations, or, or not limitations, you know, like, the waiting period down to, like, five years or so. Because I think it's, I don't know. I don't know. Why not, why not cover bands that are, that, like, still exist, or, like, only were still playing shows, like, five years ago or whatever? I, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Uh, also... I don't know how strongly I feel about this, but maybe you guys have thoughts. Um, but I sort of think about it sometimes. Is uh, doing covers on a demo cool, or do you feel like a band kind of has to earn it before they can do, you know, like, do cover songs, I guess. Like, I feel like people should already kind of like your band. Um, but maybe that doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, uh, peace. So... Growing up, that that sort of that moratorium, that buffer period didn't really exist. And if you go back to the earliest days of like punk music and shit like that, bands were playing their friends' band songs in a live setting all the time. You can find tons of early examples of that in the eighties through the through the nineties. Sure. Even that was a thing that happened. And when I was a kid, like when I was a teenager, I will tell you every scene, every like small scene had a local level band that was doing a trash talk or a ceremony cover or an outbreak cover. Yeah. Across yeah, the yeah, board. Yeah, that's right. I, that, I, I do remember that. That was a thing, that, right? Yeah, that was yeah. a thing that, that was happening. So I think that moratorium actually really came into place in the last like decade or so. And I, I don't even know if it really applies on a local level. Like we're talking about, we'll have to, if we're talking about bands that have maybe some regional or even additionally like some national shine, yeah. But on a local level, it never really went away. I mean, there were kids who, you know, uh, fucking Moloch, when they played their first show at the house, they covered 
Turnstile. I think they covered Knock Loose, and yeah. they didn't sound like either of those bands, right? You know what I mean? And they were they were covering contemporary bands. So I think kids still do this, um, and it's something that I always think is fun. In like, if if we're talking about a band of genuine, you know, high schoolers, I think it's fun when like local level bands cover a contemporary act because it gives you an idea of like what they're into, what they're consuming, what they're going for, how far away from landing on that goal they are. Um, I just I just think it's like a fun gesture. In terms of bigger bands covering contemporary acts, Nate and I have made uh, joked about this for years about wanting to do with our band do a, a record that is all covers of bands that we maybe know personally or are in the same or closely adjacent scenes to us and calling it uh, superior renditions. Yes. Right. So that's an idea. But in terms of like a, a, a bigger regional or national act covering contemporary bands, I guess I just don't see the impetus. Like, I don't know why you would do it. Uh, because if, if I can still see the actual band that's out there yeah. play the song, I don't care to, to hear somebody else cover it or see somebody else cover it. it it's, just, I mean? it's just a little ball fan, and, you know, yeah, at exactly. that point, that, yeah. that's what it is. I don't know. Cover whatever. Cover sure, from yeah. whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times, um, well, yeah, I mean, like, because the, the classics never go away. Sure. But also, like... It's a little bit. It's it's a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit of an opportunity to flex how fucking cool you are. Sure. When you pull that deep cut out. Of course. Right. Of and course. It's, not, it's never even really a deep cut. Not really. No. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because no sure. one knows the deep cuts. But also, I will say, I really do like a band that is getting some shine or on the come up covering a band that maybe doesn't have because it can have the same effect as just a band wearing uh, a, another band's shirt on stage or whatever. You know, like. There was a moment where bands covering Outburst took Outburst from being like an also ran of late 80s New York hardcore to being an important band for my entire generation. And Outburst has been a definitive band for people my age because dudes just put them on by wearing the shirts and doing the covers and stuff like that. They they changed that band's legacy to where they're now playing reunion shows, you know, over the course of the last couple of years and those rooms are packed and everybody knows the words and that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So I like the idea of like a national level band covering a classic band that maybe doesn't get shined. Like if you're putting out, you know, a seven inch and you're covering negative approach, like everybody else has, like, whatever it's a fun gesture and it's fun to play those songs but why are you doing mm. it like what effect is that having in a live setting sure just because it's yeah, it's gonna get everybody going it gets everybody going it's a reason to play the song that you like and it's fun to do um also in terms of putting cover songs on your demo i will say again if you're young kids doing it it's cool because again it just gives you an idea of like what the band likes what they're consuming what they're shooting for uh so i like that otherwise if you're a more uh, established players who have been playing hardcore punk metal music whatever um, if you can do a, a cover on your demo that is a cool rendition of a song like putting your own spin on it whatever that's a reason to include it well also how many songs are how on many demo? songs are in the demo because if it's two songs and a cover fuck you fuck you man you know what I mean um, genu generally I I like a cover in a live setting more than I like it recorded but I, I think mm -hmm. that it's I think that its utility in a recorded setting can vary depending upon how it's applied. There know? aren't too many recorded coverings that you actually sort of like fucking remember. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like I'll put on a seven inch and be like, oh yeah, they cover this. Yes. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. yeah. I like the idea of 
covering a band's songs while you are playing with that band. Right. We talked about doing that. Covering one. their set. Right. Of course. Sure. Yeah. 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 Right. If you, if <laughs> Just you, to be a dick. Like, yeah. That's you know, great. Because no, nothing is ever for anybody's benefit, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, just figure out what the set is. Right. Fucking practice it up. Play it before they do. When we were when we were gonna play with like the Mike V and Greg Ginn yeah, incarnation Black of Flag, Black Flag, we were gonna, we were gonna play My War, uh-huh. which would be, piss them off enough probably, or maybe they would just maybe they would just be amused by it. But then we were just going to play it over and over again right. until hopefully like Mike V or Greg Ginn like tried to physically uh, yeah. cost us from yeah. doing it. Right. So I just like yeah, I just like the idea of you know. Fucking playing the exact same songs. Of course. Well, I mean, we've played with much bigger bands than us, and you've introduced us as the band while the band is in the room. Yeah. Like when we played with Bane, members of Bane were in the room, and you said, we're Bane from Boston. Right. right? Which is also a fun move that's kind of in the same vein. So. Yeah. Um, all right, text messages. Uh, do you guys have any lore about Fort Wayne's Walking Man? Well, yo, interesting. What the fuck is this coming from? Inter- yeah, where is this coming from? Who knows about this? Why as a local do you not as a non-local do you know about this? Where's the where's the 585 area code? That's from? what I'm looking at. Okay. It's inter- it's an interesting bit of synchronicity here though. Rochester. Rochester, New York? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um I wonder if that's somebody that we know that heard about it from another Fort Wayne uh native. But uh you know like a leaking head guy mm-hmm. or, or somebody yeah. that plays in who decides or something like that but um so that's interesting because i was just telling my girl who is not from indiana about the walking man like two days ago mm-hmm. uh and like the lore around him which I we just can, saw him yesterday so i just saw him today uh we were we were doing some mini golf and i was like holy shit there he is i was like because i told her a couple of days ago i'm like well i'm sure we'll see him sooner rather than later he's a he's a man about town and then we were playing some mini golf today and i was like there he is he's mm-hmm. in the flesh you know 100 feet away from us um nate you i think you know the backstory on this guy right uh, i think you maybe are the one who told me about so it. i i heard what i heard about this dude is that when he was a kid yeah his whole family was in a car wreck right and they were all killed except for him so yes. he walks everywhere now that seems a little on the nose sure who knows? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But uh, Jim, his, his name is Jim. Right. Are you looking at the, there's an article about him, right? Well, there's also a video with him right now. Oh, okay, sure. Here, look at this. Okay. And he just fucking walks everywhere he goes. Yeah, in the wintertime, like rain or, rain or shine, man. He's, uh, like I said, he's just a fucking man about town. He looks like a string bean with a mullet. Yeah, he has the haircut of uh, one of the vultures from the Jungle Book. He really does. Yeah. This fucking music. Yeah, it's so funny, dude. Like, why are we? Why are we trying to like make this an epic, beautiful moment? I know. He's just calling. They're just hollering this guy's name as he walks away from you. Yeah, it's so fucking strange. And then they put like the snowflake effects. Yeah. And like. <laughs> There you go, Jim the Walker. People are fucking morons, dude. Yeah. I mean, he he literally just his hair is basically long, sandy gray blonde hair. Yeah, cut straight across the front, right? The way you might trim curtains or sure. something. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's all there is to know about him. As far as that, it's all the information I have about him. I'm sure there's a lot to know about Jim. Um, but he that, walks. He walks because his whole family was killed. He walks in remembrance of them. Yeah, for sure. And that could be apocryphal. You know what I mean? So, huh. 
Um, okay, oh, this one was just uh, somebody asking me to delete his first attempt at a message because he needed a redo. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, hey, dudes, it's Grant. Just got done listening to the Hoosier Hysteria Patreon episode, and goddamn, did this state put out some straight-up rippers. And yes, Nate, I'm going to fan your balls that Daisy Cutter really fucking smoked. But also my push uh, that if listen to the show, you should subscribe because I straight-up just hadn't heard Matrix ever. And Jesus Christ, man, that's the kind of shit why this whole podcast exists because it's like sitting down with y'all and shoving good shit into my ears need vomax to hop on an episode sometime to see y'all around dudes i would really like to get mike on the show for sure we've talked about it for years we just got to get him up here and do it um also wanted to give adam his flowers as well because where i lack knowledge he has a wealth of and subconscious and dead serenade were unbelievable yeah subconscious is fucking sick dead serenade was a nice surprise for sure like i said i think i must have forgot about that band i don't whatever yeah, yeah, for sure. Adam knows his shit. You know, he is uh, he is hyper obsessive about this kind of stuff. So, did Matrix just play like a show? No, they they played a handful of shows. But, oh, oh, recently, recently, yes, they did. There because were two was, people right, at that yes. fucking yeah a restraining order they show did. that had Matrix shirts. And I couldn't go. It might have been when I was sick or something. And I saw the I saw the flyer for it like literally the day before or something. But like when it was it, Laughing Gas, Matrix, oh, uh, man. Q. God damn, and that somebody would have been else. A ripper, yeah, it would have been a ripper for sure. But I think you were maybe home in PA. There was something. There was a mm-hmm. reason we couldn't go to it. Um, but I, I literally saw the flyer a day or two before it was happening. So, um, so okay, what do they play? Because right, they got that demo. How many songs has that got? Well, they got that demo, and then they have the second demo, the okay. live from Sunoco. Right. So they have. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. So they they the got one that you'll never you'll never see. Yeah, they got like ten songs. Okay. I want to say, and okay. pro- and probably do a cover. I know when they used to play shows, uh, they would cover like Jerry's Kids and shit. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, ten eleven covering tracks. those deep tracks because it's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ten ten eleven tracks. Um. But yeah, at the at the fucking restraining order show, there was like two people with those Matrix yeah. shirts on, and I was like, oh, cool. Um. I wish I I wish I had been able to go to that, so I could have purchased that and maybe physical media of some sort that I'll never fucking own. Um, but Matrix is really good. I've, I've big up to them many times on this show. I'll do it again. And you heard it here from Grant oh. now, too. So There you go. Uh, the Fort Wayne Reader. Oh, okay. There's an, there's an article about the, the Walking Man. The whole thing the about Fort the Walking Man. Okay, cool. So there's plenty of information out there if you want to learn about the Walking Man. Just type in Fort Wayne Walking Man Gym on Google, and I'm sure you'll come up with some stuff. Uh, so that's all we got. That's all our messages. That's all our texts. Uh, Nate, unless you have any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to impart, on the people before we go we can uh, we can wrap it up nope this article isn't about the walking man at all so that's it oh okay all right sucks all right never mind disregard the last thing i just said see you guys